Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Katherine Morehouse. There's a transatlantic pushback against electric vehicles happening right now. And at the center of it, in America, is former President Donald Trump. For months, Trump has attacked President Joe Biden's EV push. And two weeks ago, he mocked them at an auto plant near Detroit. You know, they say the happiest day when you buy an electric car is the first 10 minutes you're driving it. And then after that panic sets in because you're worried, where the hell am I going to get a charge to keep this thing going? Panic! They get panicked. Let me be clear. Trump isn't the only one attacking EVs. Conservatives across the Atlantic have also attacked them amid a populist backlash in Europe against climate policies. So today, we check in with Politico's James Baikalis, the host of Morning Energy, and Suzanne Lynch, host of Politico's EU Confidential Podcast about the conservative backlash against electric cars across the U.S. and Europe. It's Tuesday, October 10th. Former President Trump has really stepped up his attacks on electric vehicles in the past couple of months on the campaign trail. He has been painting the electric vehicle transition as a job killer, especially in a lot of Midwestern states where the auto industry has historically had its center. And this has really reached fever pitch amid the United Auto Workers strike over the last month, which has seen both President Joe Biden come to the picket lines in support of the striking workers and former President Trump also travel to Michigan to speak to striking auto workers last month, where he called the Biden administration's EV policies draconian and indefensible. And he said that the transition to EVs would lead to unemployment and inflation without end. Okay, interesting. And Suzanne, as you're reporting, the former president isn't alone here. Across the pond, electric vehicles are a campaign issue in Europe as well, and the focus of attacks from conservative politicians. I'm wondering how conservative European politicians are talking about EVs and what sort of action we've seen already across the continent. Yeah, it's certainly an issue over here in Europe. A lot of politicians, particularly on the right, are seizing this as a political issue. We've got a few elections coming up in the next few months around Europe. And then next year, we're going to have the EU elections, European Parliament elections that take place once every five years. And climate and the overall issue about green policies, but within that electric vehicles is becoming an issue. We have heard from, for example, the Italian transport minister who has questioned the wisdom of this and whether it's going too quickly and calling it madness and a policy that would benefit China. We have seen Czech lawmaker, for example, Alexandra Vondra. He uh, labeled supporters of new vehicle pollution limits as the grave diggers of the automotive industry in Europe. So it's quite a visceral, it's quite political. And the person in particular who's really run with this has been the British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. He rode back from some of his policies 
over the last few weeks. Uh, the UK had been on course to phase out petrol and diesel vehicles by 2030, and he changed that. He extended that deadline to 2035. We expect elections in the UK next year, but he's talked a lot about uh, Britain being a nation of motorists and how he is going to stop, as he says, what is called the war on the car. Interesting. And you started to get into this a bit, but could you give us a little bit more background on where this anti-EV sentiment stems from in Europe? Based on your reporting, it sounds like climate change itself is emerging as a political issue, especially in the midst of election season. Tell us a bit more about that. I mean, I think generally, and I'm, I'm painting a big broad brush here, but I mean, Europe and the European Union in particular will be pretty well ahead globally on climate targets. It sees itself as a leader on this. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen put the Green Deal at the heart of her mandate when she was elected over four years ago now to run the EU, essentially. And the EU has uh, brought forward a number of proposals on this. And they, you know, they've emission targets for 2030, 2050. But what we've seen is a really big backlash now against some of these measures from, number one, the farming vote in a lot of countries. Farmers are uneasy about some of these proposals that are going to, as they see it, affect how they do their work. And secondly, by business. The Russian invasion of Ukraine had a hugely negative impact on energy costs, and they have really impacted businesses. Big industries across Europe have been impacted by this. I'm thinking of Germany, for example, with a lot of industry, a lot of small and medium-sized businesses. They're getting a lot of pushback from German businesses and companies across Europe who are worried that the green agenda is going to stifle business competition and basically it's going to be too hard to implement. Now, the EU is saying it's staying the course, but you can see that, you know, some of these rules, like I mentioned, Rishi Sunak in Britain, not in the EU, but he's already changing tack. Uh, They're sensing that some of their supporters are against this green deal, these green initiatives. And we're seeing some of these policy changes now coming through. And James, to bring it back to here in the US, there's also some nuance to how conservative politicians talk about EVs here. And I'm wondering if you could tell us what kind of rhetoric you're hearing. Yes, absolutely. As Suzanne mentioned, some of these populist conservatives, like former President Trump, have been painting EVs with a very broad brush in in a very negative light. That hasn't been the consistent rhetoric coming from all Republicans, especially a lot of Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill who represent districts that have seen billions of dollars of investments coming in in recent years to support EV manufacturing. States like Georgia have become the center of what's called the new battery belt, where a number of states are seeing a massive boom in jobs and and investment as a result of EV growth. For example, Georgia's governor, Brian Kemp, has been very supportive of the EV industry, even though he has cast doubt on climate change in the past. So it's a very complex issue for many lawmakers. And, you know, what we've seen as, as a result Beyond some of these conservative populists that are painting EVs in a broad brush, many other conservative lawmakers and policymakers have talked about EVs as they respect EVs and they support their growth, but they just want to avoid forcing people to buy EVs. They're very anti-EV mandate, even if they support EVs as a general concept. Also, the Treasury Department is aiming to help customers gain immediate access to federal tax credits for electric vehicles directly from car dealers. 
The department laid out new guidance on Friday about how dealers can effectively reduce the price of an electric vehicle for consumers by as much as $7,500 at the time of purchase, versus requiring the buyers to wait until they file their annual federal taxes to claim the credit. The administration hopes the immediate refund will help dealers sell more electric cars and meet President Joe Biden's goal of lifting EVs to 50% of new car sales by 2030. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.